Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Words of Heart. In today's episode, we have the privilege of speaking with Leslyn Kotner. I may have mispronounced your last name. Uh, my apologies for that. Thank you for joining me today, Leslyn. Oh, my pleasure. And it's Kantner. It's the German pronunciation. An end on the front and the back side of a T is Kantner. Okay. My pleasure to be here. Awesome. So, Leslyn, if you could give us sort of an overview slash inside scoop into who you are a bit for my listeners, that would be great. Sure. Well, today, uh, my present day job is to be, I'm a, a family therapist, a psychotherapist, and I do a lot of counseling, but I think the journey to why I'm a therapist is really the interesting part of my story. I got married young um, in my early 20s, and before I was 25, I was widowed. My um, so in, ever so invincible husband thought he could get a kite off of a high-tension power line, and it didn't, didn't work out. Um, I remarried eventually. I was in a relationship with ultimately what I discovered was a serial cheater, narcissist, probably could say a few other words about that. But I ended that marriage. In total, I have four children. Um, I was a single parent for a while and really stopped. I mean, I just kind of gave up on the whole idea of loving and dating. And uh, that's not what the universe had in store for me. I met somebody else, fell madly in love, thought that I'd hit the jackpot and it was my turn. And then three years ago, he passed away from cancer. And so that wasn't to be either. But I, I think that as a result of all of that pain, I ended up going to school in midlife in my 40s to become a therapist and help people grow from experiences like that. Wow. Um, my heart really goes out to you um, for sharing that. I can't imagine being widowed twice. Um, you finally are accepting of love, even though you didn't ask for it, and for that to happen again. Um, even though he did have cancer, which is really unfortunate cancer, but any um, spouse dying of anything or just dying in general is really um, saddening. And the fact that you had to experience that a second time, um, considering you did have to experience a second time, um, where are, where's your mindset in regards to any type of intimate relationship? Well, I certainly believe in love. I mean, I've I pursued it fully three different times in my life. So I'm a big believer in love. Now, I I say that I'm I'm done, but I think I'm done because I spent a lot of years caregiving. And and I mean caregiving, I was, you know, I I had one of those childhoods where I was the oldest and when my parents divorced, I became the caregiver for my siblings. I got married young, we had a son. I was a mom at the age of 23. And my youngest, I had her when I was 36. And then when my partner got cancer, I cared for him. And 
And I think I just have needed to take these last few years to take care of me for a change. And, and I take care of people in my living, right? For a living, I, I counsel people and, and help them manage their pain. And so when I come home, it's really nice to pay attention to me. So if someone walks in my life and they match the standard that my most recent partner sets, I'm open. I'm, um, but I don't feel, maybe for the first time in my life, I don't feel like I need a partner to complete me or to fill my life. Okay. I can, I can understand that. Um, you're not opposed to it, but you don't necessarily need it. Um, considering your work as a therapist and helping others through their own types of emotional agony, um, how do you feel that has played a role considering um, the pandemic that we're currently experiencing as far as helping your clients get through this um, crazy season? Yeah, that's a good question. You know, I think it's been very different for a lot of people and it's been different from the beginning, right? And in March and April and May of last year, there was a lot of fear, a lot of fear about our health, about how we were going to make ends meet, about our jobs. And people were, the, the amount of stress was so elevated that we were coping with that on top of just regular stress. And what I found is that as the stress escalated, people failed to escalate their self-care. They didn't fill up their bucket in a way that was important to do. So um, over time that has changed. And so for some people, there was a continuation and maybe even an elevation of the duress from physical ailments or financial um, obligations or stressors. But I think more than anything else, it's the fatigue of the uncertainty. You know, the, the, what the pandemic has really generated is a tremendous amount of uncertainty. Am I gonna be financially secure? Am I gonna be physically secure? And we don't know because none of us have lived through this again. And I think that is what I'm seeing today as the single largest stressor is fatigue of uncertainty. All right, and I completely understand um, the uncertainty. Um, just to give you a little insight into me, I got diagnosed with diabetes at the start of the pandemic, which was not the ideal time to be diagnosed with any type of health condition during a virus that could potentially kill yeah. you. Um, but leading up to being diagnosed, I was filled with so much uncertainty. Um, it was a really depressing time in my life because I um, am a bubbly, optimistic person. I see the silver lining to things, um, I, but I was totally the absolute opposite um, to my natural Dion um, exterior because it was just so unbelievably terrifying not knowing what was happening to me. Um, yeah. I basically could have died at any given moment. Um, right. it was 
that um, drastic and devastating and scary. And I woke up every single day thinking this was the last chance I was going to wake up, have my last breath. Like I could not be here the next day. Um, right. So I can definitely understand the uncertainty in regards um, in relation to um, the pandemic. Um, but the only silver lining to this new season, which um, again, the pandemic is really unfortunate, but in my case, if I hadn't been diagnosed, I could have died. So there is a silver lining, at least for me specifically, and I'm sure there's sure. silver linings to other people as well, but for 2020 in regards to me specifically, um, I can't really hate 2020 because it's really likely that I wouldn't be here if I hadn't been diagnosed with diabetes. So my diagnosis yeah. is my blessing in the midst of this pandemic, um, giving me a chance to live my life still and um, continue writing my story because God wasn't finished with it yet. So, yeah. And Vion, I think that's, that's a beautiful perspective. And, you know, I, I believe that absolutely something is available in every bad thing that happens to us or every negative experience that we didn't have, we don't have this euphemism of there's a silver lining in every cloud for nothing. I mean, it seems to be true that that saying came from somewhere and it stood the test, it stood the test of time. So I think being able to look at, I've had clients tell me that their family is reconnected. Um, people have said that they were more productive being at work if they didn't spend three hours a day on the interstate. I've had other people say that they created job opportunities they never would have imagined. There's a, um, a bartender, a man who was a bartender at the beginning of the pandemic and lost his job and decided one day that he was going to start a TikTok channel that was uh, showing people how to make drinks and it exploded and he became an influencer and now he's getting all of these amazing um, influencer opportunities that would have been possible for him had he stayed working at the restaurant where he was a bartender. So yeah, I think that when a situation um, feels dire, and I can say this about my entire life, I can take every single experience that I had, all of those tragedies, and find a handful, if not more things that were true blessings in them. Right. Um, and I, again, I go by this prerogative as well, that in spite of whatever experiences come your way, granted, a good portion of those experiences aren't going to be good. That's a part of life. As much as we want to deny that, it is. But mm -hmm. any experience that comes our way, no matter what it is, good or bad, um, they do serve a fundamental purpose. We may not know what that purpose is, and it may take us a while to figure it out, but the reasoning and the silver lining and the logic behind it will come to fruition 
and it will um, make sense um, in due time, eventually. I yeah, I couldn't agree more with the exception. I'll, I'll take exception with just this idea that sometimes I don't think we get to know what the, what the purpose is. Now, unless there's a spiritual belief system that says, okay, well, the purpose was my soul needed that experience or um, God wanted me to have this particular experience. I think sometimes we don't find out we have to, and that's where trusting comes into play. You know, why did I lose the all, why have I lost most of the people I love? That doesn't make sense. That's a hard question to say all of a sudden there's an answer to that. What I can tell you is that today I do amazing work with widows because I have a unique perspective. I can tell you that Anybody who's experiencing grief, I can connect to in a way that someone who doesn't have that kind of loss would. I don't know. I mean, I certainly believe that my first husband existed for the benefit of our son. We had a son together. Harlan um, came into my life at a time when I needed to transition and become an empty nester. And he, he was here with me for that. I, I, I don't know why he's gone, right? There's, I don't see a purpose in his absence, but I do definitely see a purpose in his presence. And the absence part, I think I'm gonna have to get to the pearly gates for that one. Um, and or whatever it is on the other side and Maybe then somebody can explain why those experiences were a part of my life. Right, and I'm not trying to um, change your opinion or perspective in any way. I completely respect where you're coming from and not in regards to your husband, um, not knowing, thinking, I don't know if there was a purpose to him dying or, but I know there was a purpose for him being here. So I'm not trying to um, yes. Yes. disrespect um, your husband or other um, spouse in any way um, in regards to this conversation. Um, some people might- I Yeah, and I appreciate that. And I didn't think that you were, you know, I think we have to be careful when we say, those things and listen this is a lesson I learned um because years ago I walked around saying there's a reason for everything that in in all things there's a purpose and you're going to figure it out and then I had a I met a woman whose both of her children were killed in a car accident and she was the driver and it was such a horrific experience and I have the audacity to say to her, well, there's gotta be a reason for this somewhere. And in her pain and in her torment, really, she turned to me and she said, you can go. And she gave me a couple of, um, what do I wanna say, floral words and um, told me that there was absolutely no good reason for her babies to die. 
I couldn't argue with that. And so it's not the it's not the pain that we're talking about. I just think we have to be all of us. You know, it's like the person who walks up and says, "Oh, well, they're in a better place." Well, that's crap. What better place is there than next to me, or in my arms? Or you know, we have to be careful what we say to people who are who've experienced dramatic losses like that. Right, right. Um, I, you're abs. I'm glad you gave that example. Um, I didn't think of that. Um, and so as far as words being a really powerful tool at our disposal, um, I'm sure there's, we have to be, take caution to how we use them and because many people have different opinions and perspectives in regards to um, life in general, and they might not be as accepting of um, your perspective, and with which makes sense because they're going through a really devastating time. So I mm -hmm. understand um, your um, example, and it's definitely given me much more. Um, thought in regards to how people may um, deal with grief, um, so. Good, yes, and, and you know, I certainly wasn't trying to correct you, just, just to offer an example. I'll share real quickly also when I was, after my first husband passed away, and again, remember I'm 24 years old and his sisters and I are walking through the mall and we're trying to, find something for me to wear to his funeral. And his sister, who was a couple years older than me, said, oh my gosh, while we're out, we should get you all new underwear. And I looked at her and I said, why? And she goes, well, you know, once you're married and you have kids, your underwear, like it's just a mess. You need new underwear if you're gonna, if, if new people are gonna be seeing it. <laughs> and I was, devastated at the idea that there would ever be another person in that position with me personally right now in that moment I wasn't thinking about some new person in my life so many people said to me you'll remarry you're young and pretty and I wanted to punch them all in the face to be honest I wanted to tell them how insensitive that statement was. It didn't matter if it was true because as it turned out, it was true. And they had perspective that I couldn't possibly have in that moment, nor was it appropriate for me to have in that moment. And so I think those are the kinds of things, whether it was a religious perspective or a pragmatic perspective, it didn't matter. I was in my grief and, and that's where I needed to be. Like when Harlan, my last partner, when he passed away and people are saying, he's, you know, he's not in pain anymore. I knew that. I knew that. I, I was the one taking care of him. I was also relieved for him, but I was incredibly sad for me. And by saying, 
you know, he's not in pain anymore. It dismissed the things that I was feeling in that, that point in time. It was very dismissive or felt very dismissive, at least even though I know that wasn't the intent of the people who were saying. So I find that if you just say to somebody, oh my gosh, I'm sorry for your pain. What can, what can I do? How can I help? That's all somebody needs. I'm sorry for your pain. How can I help? Just that. Right. Oh, I'm actually getting emotional at this conversation because <laughs> no, no, it's, that's the thing about my podcast is literally just speaking from the heart no matter what. Yeah, um, yeah. So um, I truly admire you for touching on um your history of being a widow and um your perspective in regards to purpose and grief and how many people may not be as perceptive um to that because of their grief and the um logic behind how you should really choose your words carefully um, because they're going through a really devastating time and they could probably care less about what you have to say um, <laughs> True. even though you want to help them <laughs> mm -hmm. but um, mm -hmm. I really appreciate um, you sharing that um, with myself and my audience because um, definitely um, opened my eyes a bit in regards to how someone um, may be dealing with that and how to best um, approach that particular situation if it show if it's so if it should ever come up um, that how I know the best way to not disrespect them and honor um, their feelings in regards to their grief. So. Mm -hmm. Sounds good. Yeah. Uh, so um, I have an icebreaker question. Um, sure. Try to liven up the mood a bit from our conversation, which has been a great conversation. Um, if you could have any superpower that's not flying or teleporting, many people pick teleporting when I say they can't pick flying, but <laughs> flying and teleporting is the exact same thing. And that makes this question too easy. And life isn't really easy when you think about it. So my icebreaker question should add some difficulty to it as well. But any guests enjoy this question. So um, feel free to have some fun with it. If you could have any superpower that's not flying or teleporting, what would it be? You know, my... I don't know. I think I'm at a point in my life where I feel that I have a couple of superpowers. And so I feel very grateful. Um, and I'm also at a point in my life where I just am very accepting um, of what is. And I try not to wish for something. Okay. So I... I find that if I could hone, I consider one of my superpowers, the ability to connect with someone's experience. Uh, I think it's one of the things that 
helps me be a good therapist. I hear some sometimes what people aren't saying, and it's not perfect. I, I'm not perfect at it, but I think I would like to hone that in. Like I'd be, I'd like to be able to always, always put words on what people can't say or find difficult to say, because when we can put words on them accurately. Um, then we can have understanding and better awareness. And my goal is for everybody to have more understanding. Maybe, maybe my superpower would be um, self-mastery, like perfect self-mastery. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm, I would love that as a matter of fact, now that I'm talking about it, I'm, I'm getting better with every passing day, but boy, I'm a little impatient. I'd like to have it all right now. Okay. Um, I admire your um, answers in regards to this question. That's the thing about this question and why I always ask it in any interview because it's fun and it makes people think and um, you were leaning towards a power you kind of already possess, but want to perfect and hone. So I admire that um, people go with powers they already have or power they wish to have, a comical, a practical one. Many people approach this question differently, which makes it a fun question. So um, I will, I yeah. will say I would like to fly though. I will say, I, I just want to throw <laughs> that in there. I would like to fly. <laughs> Yes, we would all like to fly. That's why I take it away as the object. <laughs> so my power, it's not exactly a power yet, but I feel like it would be one in the future. Just like I'm sure flying will be a power in the future. Although we are, I'm sure flying cars are like light years away. We were supposed to get flying cars in 2015, but no, the... Mandalorian, Back to the Future, lied to us. So right, right. <laughs> uh, so the power I would have would be the power for this podcast to be heard across other galaxies that have yet Ooh. to be discovered. That the galaxies aren't even discovered yet. Yet they're here in my podcast. <laughs> I mean. I, I hold I hold out for that being a possibility. You know what whatever kind of energy this podcast is going through the air on. We as far as we know, some alien um, civilization is already capturing that and uh, playing it. You know, we, we just don't know it. And we don't know what we don't know, right? Yes, uncertainty. That's right. <laughs> exactly what we're discussing absolutely well leslin as fun as discussing the idea of martians listening to my podcast <laughs> right now <laughs> um we're at the end of this awesome conversation do you have any social plugins or website for my listeners who want to get in contact with you um if you can give us like the inside scoop um for those who want to reach out to you. Um, can you share that with my audience? Of or course. Of course, I have a huge uh, social, or, uh, electronic footprint. If you Google my name, you will find 
any number of things. I have a counseling website for people who live in Pennsylvania, Maryland, and New Jersey. I do coaching, relationship coaching, and growth coaching around the world, actually. I have a big TikTok account, an Instagram account, and a Facebook account, all under the handle, this is Lexum. Um, it's very simple. If you do, if you type at this is Leslin, you will find me. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn. I mean, I've written a book. I have a big blog. I've written for years. So that's I my my grandkids will have whatever they need to someday research their grandma. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. I have to say the TikTok handle was a huge surprise. Um, Definitely never had a guest on here who was out of TikTok. So you're already a mind-blowing guest already. Um, so. <laughs> yeah. And for some crazy reason, there are 50,000 people who follow me there. So um, I do not dance. Do not have the expectation if you go in there that I would dance. That it's all mental health, inspiration, growth-oriented um content so yeah check me out say hi <laughs> will do thank you again leslin for joining me today this was a wonderful conversation thank you so much for having me joan no problem to all my listeners stay healthy stay safe if you have tiktok use it for positivity and nothing else <laughs> and until next time Bye. Great. <laughs> Bye-bye. Hello, everyone. It is your heart warrior, Dion, here. I hope you enjoyed the latest episode of Words of Heart. If you liked this episode and would like to leave a rating slash review, please do not hesitate to do so. You can leave the review slash rating on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. In addition, if you would like to let me know right away your thoughts on this episode, you are also welcome to leave a voice message right here on the Anchor app. I hope you enjoyed this episode and have a wonderful day.